the team really is the heart of any business, I believe. And this is something that really helps me uh, get through my day. I've always said that I'm not the best at anything, but I want to work with the best in everything. They say that talking is a necessity. Listening is an art. I couldn't agree more. Listening is how I learn the most. During this podcast, we get to meet inspiring, passionate experts from the business community. I am Guy Cormier. Thank you for listening. Those who know me know I have a special interest in entrepreneurs. And at the very beginning of my career, I was an account manager and I loved working with entrepreneurs, listening to them, helping them grow their businesses. Since then, I have admired them for their courage, tenacity, and how much they dream and they create and they think big most of the time. And today, I am delighted to meet two entrepreneurs to discover their world and talk about their dreams and also their challenges, especially in the current economic climate, which is, as we all know, not necessarily so easy. So it is a great pleasure for me to welcome today Graham Rennie from Niagara Custom Crush Studio, Ontario's first custom crush pad and multi-brand winery, and Dominic Brown of Chocolat Favori, an artisanal chocolate shop which many of you I know may already be very familiar with. So hello, both of you, and thank you so much for accepting my invitation. Good morning, Guy. Good morning, Guy. Thank you very much. Graham, I want to start with you. Tell me more about Niagara Custom Crush Studio. I think the, way to, the best way to start about talking about our Crush Studio <clears throat> is uh, to take you back 35 years ago. I started up a, a small management business in Toronto, fund management business, and uh, that allowed me to do a fair bit of traveling with my wife uh, to wine regions all over the world. We were both wine aficionados. And uh, we enjoyed uh, tasting wines in California, Oregon, Italy, France, and we're uh, enamored with uh, the wine lifestyle, if you want to call it that, as many of, uh, of my friends are. And uh, so we had the opportunity in 1997 to purchase uh, a beautiful 50-acre vineyard in uh, Beamsville, Ontario, <clears throat> which is right in the heart of wine country, Niagara. And... Um, we we ended up after t- ten years selling our while well, I was still working selling our fruit to uh, to different wineries uh, moving here full time in two thousand and ten and at that point I thought I would move from lowly grape grower to to lowly vigneron and and maybe make a little wine from my property uh, still selling most of the fruit but I thought you know I, I think I could make some very good wine so I. I I asked a friend of mine down the street, Martin Malavoir, if he would allow me to make my wine at his facility, just two, three hundred cases, and, and sell it for me. And so that began a beautiful 10-year uh, partnership. In uh, 2022, I sold my investment company, and I knew that I wanted to stay active, uh, and uh, I, I liked the wine business, and I thought I could create a facility that would uh, empower virtual winemakers to have their wine produced at a state-of-the-art facility and have uh, access to strong distribution, uh, both at our cellar door and through our wine club, and to create a community of winemakers under one roof. And this is a model that exists in California and Oregon and other parts of the world, but but not in Ontario. So I created with some partners the uh, the very first Custom Crush Wine Studio in Ontario, and uh, we bought an existing winery in 2022, 
called Stony Ridge, and we began building our new facility in uh, December of 22, and we've just completed it and are ready for this year's harvest. Wow, congratulations, Grant. What an inspirational story. And I understand that you also, you personally and your company, help support other entrepreneurs to launch their own business by making it more accessible. So what is it like working with, with these companies, Graham? Uh, it's a joy to work with entrepreneurs, as I'm sure uh, you, you know, Guy. Yep. Working in a large institutional environment is, is very helpful when you're trying to learn a business and to be mentored by s successful business people uh, who have been around uh, the block. Entrepreneurs are a different kettle of fish altogether. You know, they are uh, very passionate about what they do. They are risk takers. In our facility, working with uh, now, uh, we've attracted about seven different virtual winemakers to our facility with more to come. And it's been an absolute joy to see their passion and to, to be able to work side by side, to share experiences and stories and techniques uh, and, and to assist each other with, uh, you know, when, you when you're having a stuck fermentation and you've never been through that before in a particular way, you have colleagues right beside you that can assist you because they perhaps have been through this before. Well, congratulations, Graham. It's not only your company, but it's how much you can also help other entrepreneurs to succeed. So I think it's, uh, it's quite generous from you. Uh, I would like to turn to Dominique now. Dominique, I know that many people knows already maybe Chocolat Favori, uh, but can you tell us more about your company? Uh, how many years have you been in business? What's your goal, your dreams, but having a better understanding of Chocolat Favori? Yeah, well, Chocolat Favori has been, uh, when you look, uh, it dates back to 1979 when the company started in uh, Levy, actually very close to where uh, Desjardins has uh, its HQ yeah, now it's uh, on the south shore of Quebec City. Uh, but my story with Chocolat Favori started only 11 years ago. Uh, so uh, 11 years ago, I was uh, out of my uh, first business. I started in the video game industry uh, from uh, pretty much nothing when I was uh, 20 years old, I started with a few friends of mine, and then we grew that business to over 500 people. Uh, the company is still based in Quebec City, has extended to another studio in Montreal. And But by 2012, I was really done with what I wanted to achieve with that business. So I thought I would, uh, I would leave it and uh, start looking elsewhere. So I left and uh, I acquired uh, Chocolat Favori in 2012. Uh, the company had already something like 30-something 30, 30 years uh, of uh, excellent chocolate uh, delivered everywhere in uh, Quebec. And um, initially, that was more of an investment for me. I had no plan whatsoever to become the CEO or grow that company. Uh, that was really an investment. But... As I was looking at going back into the uh, technology industry, the IT business and video game world and everything, uh, I was reminded that I had a contract that prevented me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had a non-compete clause that prevented me to go back in that industry for a full year. So I thought there's no way an entrepreneur like myself will just stop there and uh, just enjoy a beach somewhere uh, for a year. So I thought, okay, well, I have this great company, which is uh, already well known in the city as uh, developed the concept of ice cream dipped in real chocolate that has its own chocolate production and everything. Like, how can we make this big? How can we develop this in a unique concept, something that you could expand all over the world and that would bring joy to everybody and that you could ultimately open in the middle of Times Square, New York, and really wow everybody everywhere. So we started working on a concept 
pretty much like we've been doing in the video game industry, looking at everything related to chocolate. Uh, how could we make this uh, really a truly unique experience? And we achieved that. We've launched the new uh, Chocolat Favorite concept in 2013, a few months after I started the CEO full-time. It uh, had so much success that it grew from those three stores to over uh, 60 now in uh, three different provinces in uh, Canada at this point. So most of our stores are in Quebec, but we now have six uh, outside of Quebec. So we have a few in Ontario, a few in uh, Victoria on the uh, Vancouver Island, as, uh, actually. So very excited about that. Uh, from around 60 employees uh, at the beginning when I joined, uh, we are now over 1,500. Uh, we are also distributing our product in uh, almost every single uh, drugstore and grocery store in the Quebec province. We've also extended to some in Ontario and in uh, British Columbia as well. So, and this is going uh, really full throttle. We have recently welcomed our first franchisees outside of Quebec as well. So we're really excited. Our plan to conquer the world is well uh, on its way. And uh, although I was looking at that as a temporary uh, thing initially, it has uh, transformed into uh, 11 years venture at this point and I'm really <laughs> excited about that and chocolate industry is just incredible. Wow, congratulations Dominique, not only for your success in the last few years but also how much you dream big and you have a, you have a lot of energy to build something that is worldwide. Um, you said it before that you used to be an entrepreneur in the tech industry. Uh, so why did you choose to be an entrepreneur? Where did it come from, this idea or this purpose of being an entrepreneur in your life? It's hard for me to pinpoint an exact time when I decided to become an entrepreneur. As far as I can remember, my mother would tell you that story where I was uh, 11 years old. I went to her and said, Mom, one day I will have my own company. I will create video games that will be all over the world. So I guess that's when I, uh, you could say that this adventure started. I guess that I was uh, inspired by creating my own things, by being a master of my own destiny, if you will. Uh, so this is something that has been uh, definitely a, a passion, a driver for me. As far as I can remember, every single thing that I've done in school or in my projects, I dedicated most of my life uh, to this uh, first adventure. And then afterward, it became a matter of uh, inspiring, uh, of having an impact on the world and uh, making the world a better place in my, uh, my own version of a better world, I, I would say. Uh, so if I look at uh, what I've created, the first business in video games now in the chocolate, it can be hard sometimes to look at that and kind of understand what's exactly the similarity, why a tech entrepreneur would go in the chocolate business. But at the art of it, it's all about bringing joy to people and making them feel an amazing experience. Chocolat Favori's mission is to create a magical chocolate experience that brings together family and friends. It's all about that. And very similar to video games where everybody can be together, having a great time. So that's my, I guess, my version of that. Also, uh, we've at Chocolat Favori, I, I truly think that any business needs to go further than its own commercial mission. It really needs to have an impact, a uh, great impact on the world. So we have, for example, uh, chosen the uh, uh, sustainable cocoa as our main source of chocolate. 
of cocoa. So this is something that we've transformed our entire product pipeline a few years ago. So everything that you buy in our store, our chocolate bar, our fondues that are now super well renowned in the in Quebec at least and making their way outside as well. Uh, the ice cream dipped in real chocolate, the real chocolate is all from sustainable sources. So it means that there's more money that goes to the farmer, but it's more than that. We are involved in the communities. We are making a difference in our uh, supply chain as well. So that's one of the way that you can have an impact as a company, not only on your consumers and provide them with an amazing experience, but also uh, have an impact on the, the supply chain and the rest of the world. Wow, thanks, Dominique. I think it's very inspiring. And I understand that it's since you were very young that you thought of being uh, own your own company. So congratulations for, Thank for you. you achieve you achieve what you said to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Graham, I, I, I want to turn to you now. Uh, why why did you we heard your story, but why entrepreneurship? Why you choose to be an entrepreneur? That's a very good question. I'm not sure that I chose to be an entrepreneur, but listening to Dominique, uh, I was uh, reflecting on uh, you know some commonalities from a very young age. I think it starts in your childhood, and uh, you know who knew when I was delivering papers in my neighborhood and being the the chief babysitter in the hood, everyone wanted me to. Everyone trusted me with their children, and uh, when I was you know lifeguarding in Banff, Alberta, when I was at university. I recognized there was no swimming program for all of the children whose parents owned businesses in Banff. And so I thought, well, I'll go to the Red Cross and see if I can get certified to begin teaching lessons. And uh, I'm sure there was always a, a financial monetary reason behind this, not just totally altruistic, but, you know, I was doing something that was fun, enjoyable, and making some additional money, which was a bit of a driver for me. And, uh, you know, even at university, I could never afford to go on... Uh, I went to the University of Western Ontario, a lot of rich kids there, and every March break, they would all go skiing in Utah or Banff, and I couldn't afford it. So I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll organize a trip. So I contacted Air Canada, got discounts every 15 seats, got the hotel organized. You know, and this was just something that happened. I don't think I ever really thought too much about it. Um, and then I did my MBA, graduated worked for a couple of big financial institutions in Montreal, actually, and uh, really enjoyed the process. But I had a burning desire for independence, which really comes down to, as much as I love working with a team, you know, I found after working with a large number of financial, large financial institutions, I really wanted to have a little more control over my work and my, and my financial destiny. Um, I also wanted to create, you know, I was always looking for ways to create something new. You know, the word disruptive is used uh, today more than ever was in the past, but I really thought about when I started my investment management business, creating a company that uh, would challenge the existing pension fund management model that was in existence. This was back in 1987. So I created the very first institutional fund management company in Canada today. It, it, it's you know everyone has that kind of a, a, an approach within their their organization or or many organizations do, but we were the first, and uh, and lastly you know creating a private firm and having a small partnership with uh, like-minded entrepreneurs, I always have felt offered me significantly higher uh, potential for financial rewards. Well, Graham and uh, Dominique, it is uh, so inspiring to hear from from both of you. And I think, and I'm convinced that you embody so much the future and inspire confidence to, to our listeners. But now we discuss, I feel, one side of the metal about goals and what's going well and what you want to build. But there's another side as an entrepreneur. 
is the fact that it's not always a, an easy journey or an easy pathway. And in uh, today's environment, uh, rising interest rates, uh, inflation, economic uncertainty, uh, you have a lot of priorities to juggle with too. Uh, and it can also sometimes create, uh, you know, mental health stress or even burnout from some entrepreneurs. And this is something that we don't discuss too much, but how much pressure you have, lonely at the top. And this is something, this is issues that really concern me. So how do you, and maybe I can start with you, Graham, how do you as an entrepreneur manage in the current environment? And what are the main challenges that you're facing right now as an entrepreneur? You know, my business, uh, the Niagara Custom Car Studio, is only uh, is, is in its infancy. It's one year old. So I don't have a lot of... Uh, a lot of timeline to discuss my activity, if you will, in this regard with the crush. But if I, if I use my, my previous 35 years uh, in the investment management business, I would say there are very similar issues. Probably the number one issue always is your team. Do you have the right team? And Dominic, I don't know if this is something that you question or look at on a regular basis, but you know, you can have the best idea and be the hardest working guy on the planet. But you can't do it all by yourself. You have to have really committed teammates who, who share your vision and your passion and are prepared to step up and to put in the time that's required. And when you can cherry pick your team over time, you know, you can finally get to where you ideally want to be. Uh, and even then, it's never, ever perfect because typically the, the CEO entrepreneur is uh, the most driven individual in the business. And uh, so you're always trying to get people to keep up. And, and yet you have to be a you know, cheerleader one day, and then you have to be a disciplinarian on another day. And uh, you have to be able to manage those two well, I would say. Um, and in our case, you know, I say the big challenge we have at The Crush, just to bring it to the current situation, is you know, we, we purchased a winery, we brought on staff that were there. And uh, the wine business is a very laconic, slow-moving lifestyle business. The investment management business, as you know, is very dynamic. And the kind of people that I've worked with for 35 years on the investment side of the street were very, very motivated to be at work. You know, the, everyone carries their Blackberries or their iPhones or their Androids 24-7. They're available all the time. Uh, that doesn't work in wine country so well. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same. Five o'clock. The phones go off, and uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, wine that's time. That's it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's quiet time. So it's quiet time. Yeah, and weekends is uh, you know, hey, this is my weekend. I'm 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 not really available. So as an entrepreneur, you know, my challenge very much in this with Niagara Custom Crush Studio is to find a way to move everybody closer to where I want, where I think we need to be. It's not an easy thing to do. Uh, it's a human resource issue, big time. Uh, so we're working our way through it, and uh, you know it's 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 going to be an interesting challenge. Uh, now that the summer is over, it's a very busy summer, but now that the winter is approaching, things quieten down. We'll have an opportunity, I think, to really sit down with our team who we who we now know for a year and and do a, a debrief on what we uh, what we went through and what we really need to do to move ahead. Well, quite interesting, so. Graham. Quite interesting to see uh, the kind of industry that you're working in compared to the first one that you were in charge of uh, as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. uh, Dominique, I know that you have suppliers around the world, uh, inflation, economic slowdown, activities in many, many provinces in Canada. So challenges that you're facing, but also uh, lonely at the top and some, some pressure that you have uh, uh, as the owner of, uh, of Chocolat Favorite. Yes, well, uh, indeed, I have uh, quite a lot of challenges these days. Uh, we've, uh, we've always dealt with uh, a lot of challenges. That, that's uh, kind of 
part of the day-to-day -day, uh, life of an entrepreneur, I guess. Uh, but these days with the economic situation and everything that's happening in the world, it's uh, there's more uncertainty than ever. We've I'm dealing with uh, a lot of fluctuation in terms of demand for our product. Uh, so it's kind of hard to forecast and manage the supply chain behind that. I'm uh, even uh, more affected than before by all the macroeconomics uh, things that happen. For example, the uh, Ukrainian war is something that in my previous, uh, um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, would have had little effect on me. But now it had effect on the energy prices. It created the sort of energy crisis in Europe, uh, which raised all the costs of the uh, manufacturing plant over there, which produced some of my uh, chocolate. So it, it raised the price of our products in Quebec down the line. But I was all of a sudden affected by the European inflation instead of the American inflation. And so I had to switch all my priorities and kind of move part of my supply chain, transfer it into North America just to align this with the consumer expectations in terms of price. So that's part of the things that uh, would have happened in uh, the past, but now are happening uh, much uh, faster uh, than before. And this creates quite a pressure on the team and uh, quite a lot of stress also on, on everyone. I mean, I couldn't agree more with what Graham said about the team. Uh, the team really is the heart of any business, I believe. And this is something that really helps me uh, get through my day. I've always said that I'm not the best at anything, but I want to work with the best in everything. So uh, this is something that I'm always working on, always trying to find the best people. Because when I know that I'm surrounded by the best, then I know that I'm doing everything I can to address the situation and that there is nobody that would have done a better job than my team. Now, one of the challenges that makes it harder these days is the unemployment rate that is uh, an, an all-time low, especially in Quebec City where we're based. Uh, so that makes it harder than it uh, used to be. A lot more movement in the uh, with the employees, harder to find the right resources, much more costly as well. So the cost of doing business is much higher than it used to be. And at the end, I have a consumer that wants to pay as little as possible for high-quality chocolate products. So juggling with all this is, is kind of really hard. And as you mentioned, there's this lonely at the top uh, kind of situation where as much as you have the best team in the world as you've gathered and surrounded yourself with the best, there will always be a point where you end up at a crossroad and you have to be the one calling the shot where if are we going in which direction the, to bring the company. So all in all, there will always be time when you end up at home finding uh, that you had an incredibly hard journey. And at that point, uh, for me at least, uh, the family makes the difference. Uh, I'm happily married, uh, five kids, and uh, they couldn't care less if I uh, work in the chocolate industry. Actually, that's not true. I mean, they're really excited that I work in the chocolate industry. But my <laughs> my my day to day uh, crisis, uh, whatever I did, a great Excel spreadsheet or not, they couldn't care about that. They're just happy to see their father, and that's at the end of the day, kind of my safety net from a mental health perspective, at least. Well, if there's one thing that is common to both of you is the fact that pressure, uncertainty, you manage it with your team, with the people around you, and in your case, Dominique, with your family. So I think it's a, it's a lesson, a takeaway that is really, really important regarding all the issues and the, the, everything that you have to, to manage or the priorities you have to juggle 
how many people and the quality of the people that are surrounding you is key to juggle all these uh, the, these issues. Well, honestly, our exchange is already coming to, to an end. I have a final question to both of you, and uh, maybe I can start with you, Dominique, is if you have one piece of advice that you could give someone who's looking to start a business, what would that be? Well, I guess I would go in line with everything we've said so far. I mean, make sure to surround yourself with the best people. Especially if you start a business, you'll want to look for people that you have a great chemistry with you. Definitely share your vision for where you want to bring that company, have the skill set, have the potential to grow with the company. And one piece of advice, don't go for your friends. Uh, That might be your initial thought, like go for my friend because I have a great chemistry with them. I mean, it can be a good call, but only if they have the skills and the potential to grow with you. Because otherwise, uh, you might end up in difficult situation where you have to make difficult calls and you might lose uh, everything in the end, a great friend and uh, some uh, growth opportunities. So that would be my piece of advice for starting entrepreneurs at least. Really clever, Dominic, really clever. And from your perspective, Graham, any one piece of advice to someone who is looking to start a business? Let me give you two. Number one, have a very good banking relationship. Oh, that's a good one. That's a very good one. That's a good one. very good one. I can tell you from personal experience, uh, having a strong banking relationship when you're an entrepreneur and you're you know, your building uh, a business is is absolutely required. It's very, unless you have a rich family, but uh, that would be number one. Uh, number two, you know, there's many things I would say, and I, I agree with everything Dominic said, but I think you need to be persistent because being an entrepreneur is very challenging. It, it comes with lots of ups and downs in your personal life, your business life, your friend's life. Uh, and it's uh, not an easy path. As you said, uh, I think as you said, Guy, uh, there are many times when you're the lone man at the top and uh, it can be very joyful and has lots of uh, benefits. But persistence is absolutely a key a requirement, if I think, if you're going to be successful. Because nothing goes up in a straight line in our yeah, life, right, Dominic? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Two side of a medal. Two side of a medal. Well, we could have continued the discussion for so long, but thank you so much uh, for your honesty. I think both of you and all entrepreneurs, you play a key role in the economy. You contribute so much to the vitality of our communities. And it was important for me today really to highlight your reality so that people understand, appreciate, and also realize how essential you are to our society. And um, it is very inspiring to hear you. So thank you so much for being here today. And I wish you all the best in the future. Thank you, Guy. Thank you, Guy. And thank you to, to our listeners for tuning in and to our production partners for your effort. I am Guy Cormier. Join me on LinkedIn and Facebook. And once again, thank you for being here and for listening.